Navigating the road to success in the entertainment industry can be daunting, but we're here to help keep you centered. Undetoured, navigating the artist's journey. In the last two decades, my next guest has built an impressive resume, being on both sides of the camera. But you may know her best as the evil agent Connie Frazier on the Netflix mega-hit series, Stranger Things. She's also currently seen on The Morning Show, Just Beyond on Disney+, Sweet Magnolias on Netflix. She starred in two hit Lifetime original movies, Psycho In-Law and A Sister's Secret. She's been on countless TV shows, movies, opposite stars such as Michael Keaton, Sandra Bullock, Demi Moore, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Chris Pratt, Benicio Del Toro coming up, and the list goes on and on. Oh, did I mention Samuel L. Jackson? Yeah. She's worked opposite him as well, and Jeremy Irons. Yeah, the list goes on and on. Not only that, but she's found time to be an advocate for homeless pets. And she's also created a home for many of Atlanta's actors. With her founding co-partners, she's created Drama Inc., one of the city's premier acting studios. Let's drop in on the conversation I had with my dear friend, Catherine Dyer, earlier this fall. I wanted to welcome you guys back. I'm so grateful that you were able to slow down and take the time and join us back here at Base Camp. And I'm just so honored to speak with a dear friend today. And I think we've known each other for quite a while, haven't we? We have, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is Kat Dyer. I'm sure you know her, but she's a wonderful actor, director, a photographer, a teacher, a mentor, so many so many roles, including a wonderful mom to two furry, <laughs> lovable, lovable, sweet, sweet pets that I'm are right there in the background and a wonderful wife as well. There he is. Yes. <laughs> Kat, well, welcome. Welcome tone. to base camp. Welcome to, to Undetoured. And thank you for taking the time. I know you are so busy with your schedule and all that you do. And I'm just so grateful that you're here with us today. I'm honored that you asked me. So thank you very much. Has anyone ever told you that you look like Drew Barrymore? Oh, uh, you know, that is so sweet of you. And I love her essence. I feel like we would be really best friends if we were to know each other. I think that the way that we convey ourselves is very similar energetically. So that's very sweet. I've never I've... seen that before until you started talking. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, we have a similar essence in the way we speak for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's probably the semblance. I have a little bit of a semblance, and you know, um, oh, it's it's yeah, yeah. I love Drew. I would. I, I'm I honored. Too, yeah. I'm honored. She's hilarious. Um, so I wanted to talk to you a little bit today because Undetoured is a little different than most podcasts. We're really in the um, direction of guiding people and their mindset shifts, which in order to become successful, we go through so many peaks and valleys of our career. And as you know, this is a marathon, not a sprint. And so we need to stay in it for the long haul. And so I wanted to kind of take you all the way back, if you could, to the sandbox, to when you were extremely young and be able to kind of see, first of all, were you a type of child that was so focused that you knew you wanted to be an actor or did you have a support system that even helped you with that journey or is it something that you came to later uh it's the latter I came to later 
no, as a, as a kid, I was just, I just sort of went with the flow. I was like, okay, I'm not sure what I want to do. I'm just, you know, go through school. I, I wasn't a great student. I hated math, uh, especially. Um, I took, right after high school, I did take an acting class at the Alliance here in uh, Atlanta. Wonderful theater. And, and I thought, well, this is something that I enjoy and I think I can do. And there's no math. Yeah. I mean, who likes so, math? I hate math. Right. I'm so terrible uh, at you, it. I, I'm terrible. You'd be amazed at how many students we get at Drama Inc. who are scientists and, and math majors. It's bizarre. Well, it's interesting that you say that because there is a difference that goes on in the right side of the brain versus right. the left side of the brain in how we create. And I'm really fascinated with this. I've been studying a lot about um, neuroscience and the, how the brain pathways work and specifically about the manifestation of what we're able to bring into our existence through just shifting um, how we perceive the world around us, how we're grateful in it and how mm -hmm. versus being analytical. And so that it shifts from I'll uh, believe it when I see it to I'll see it when I believe it. Uh, so I yeah. love that. I love yeah. that you have scientists in your school because I feel like in a way they need to be able to break through that. And what better way than in a loving and safe environment such as Drama Inc., which is one of our premier schools here in Georgia. If you're not from Georgia, they actually have classes online as well. And we'll tell you how to get to them later. But I feel like you guys have been so supportive through for everyone who's come through those doors, no matter what level that they were at, that you just met them there at that level. But I feel like for you, you know, when you were younger and you were just kind of coming into it with the Alliance Theater and through some of the things that you were exploring, what was the, the light? What was the aha moment that clicked that said, oh my gosh, I have to do this? Um, it wasn't more, I have to do it. It was more, I can do this. I can do this. Let me see how far I can I can take this. And I applied at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in New York without my parents' knowledge. And this was soon after high school. And uh, back in the olden days, um, I uh, they had regional auditions and one was in North Carolina. So um, my sister and I drove to North Carolina to audition and I auditioned fine, went well, I felt good. And I got a letter um, some months later accepting me. And then I told my parents, I said, well, I'm moving to New York. I'm well, going to so school. you didn't even tell them to begin with. And it, was it because you feared their response or were they supportive uh, parents in general when it came to you know exploring more of a creative artist career? Um, well, I, I didn't. I'm, they didn't want my parents. I'm from a. I'm from New York originally, and my parents are obviously New Yorkers. Um, I think they didn't want me to move to New York by myself. That's that's what it would have been. It wouldn't have been the the career itself. Um, so I yeah, I sprung it on them, and they kind of freaked out like you did what? But we're absolutely supportive. Absolutely, you know, my father helped me get a loan to get into the school and. He, you know, flew up with me and moved me into the um, the uh, all-female hotel, the Martha Washington Hotel that was across the street from the Academy on Madison Avenue. Oh, that was a trip. Um, and then they supported it. Uh, yes, that, it's what I wanted to do. And and once I started school and started classes, and I just loved it. I I it was not like being in a classroom because I wasn't a great student. Um, I was loving everything I was studying.
and loving the instructors. So I love that you said, and you admitted you weren't a great student. And I, I completely, completely resonate with that. Although my parents would probably say differently. I don't feel like I was a great student either. I think I was like in developmental math just to get me to graduate <laughs> like college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I yeah. had to take that right. like freshman course, but I look right. like a freshman anyway, because I was short. So it right. doesn't matter. <laughs> but um, yeah, but I love that you said that because I feel like that's important for anyone going forward with any kind of career, but especially especially one in the arts that you don't have to worry about necessarily being that ABC student, whatever it is, but the desire and the intention and like your heart goal that your highest soul's path is meeting you at a place where you have the technique um, that's able to get you to where you need to be. And it's more of what your mindset is that, you know, you can do this and that you, you know, and for some people, they feel like they have to do it, that it's just this compelling thing. So I love that you, you said that, um, that you didn't have to be a great student. Cause I think that, that sometimes there's barriers, you know, they feel like, oh, well, I'm not good at this portion or this portion of my life. So therefore I couldn't you know, learn how to do accents or learn how to do this portion of, of the entertainment industry. But there's just so many people and, and um, courses and everything to help support that because it is like a big family. It seems it to is. Be. And, and, you know, the, those barriers that we put in front of ourselves, that's, we just keep telling ourselves that, well, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. Then you're right. You can't, and you won't until you change, until you change that mindset. Absolutely. And, and the mindset, and it goes into everything in life, right? Yeah. So I yeah. feel like anything that's so uncomfortable, it's probably what you should be doing. Because in that way, you're not going to be uncomfortable with it anymore. I feel like right. it's like one of those muscle memories, just like playing a piano or an instrument, anything that you do is going to just take time. So you went through school, you did your time in New York, obviously, you were there for a while, because you were doing plays there, and you met mm -hmm. someone very <laughs> special there, right? I did. Um, I, I actually w went to LA for a little while on my own and then back to New York. And that's where I met Jason. Um, and the whole time was, I was waiting on tables. I was a, uh, I was a foot messenger. I was a bartender. I was a host. Um, I did, yeah, whatever I could do to pay my rent. <laughs> yeah. And, and in that, how did you feel in that, in that hustle mode? Right. Like, I mean, do you feel like sometimes that when you're in this amazing part of your life now, um, you look back and like what you would have told your 20 year old self at this point? Um, you know, the hustle mode was just all I knew. You know, and as, as soon as I got accepted to the Academy, I worked two jobs might have squeezed in three jobs to to help you know get money to to move to new york um i'm kind of a hustler and i don't mean that in a in a pejorative way it's just i i just keep moving but i'm not a type a personality person but it's what i know i mean i started working when i was 13 my first job i think i was 13 you know at a movie theater so i i like to work so i like i like forward momentum um what i would have told myself oh my god I would have told myself, um, do not put industry professionals, casting directors, directors, producers, agents, do not put them above you because they are just people. And um, you just, and you know, and I would have told myself to, to, you know, find that confidence sooner. I found it later in life. I think it's so important that you say that the people in the industry that we consider gatekeepers, they're just people. And I feel like a lot of people 
forget that, that the relationships are the most important thing that you can make in this industry, like true friendship relationships with peers and even with the people that are considered the gatekeepers, because they can totally sense if (laughs) your ulterior motives are like screaming of desperation. Oh yeah. They can smell it from the parking lot when we used to go in person. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and I've had students say, oh, I've got to work on this audition. It's, it's a huge audition. It's, it's going to be huge. I'm like, it's just an audition. It's just another audition. Learn from it, grow from it. If you book it, that's icing on the cake. You know, I, I you want to leave the room, whether it's in the room or the zoom room, you want to leave that audition going. Yeah. I did a good job. I did everything I wanted to do. Now, next, get me to the next one. Exactly. Like I can book this job, but I don't need this job. And that's um, palpable. I feel like sometimes I've heard casting directors, they don't know what it is. They can't put their finger on it. So for them, it's maybe not palpable, but that they know that there's just something not right. And it's usually an energy shift that they're feeling like this sense of like desperate energy that tends to be almost, we call um, energy vampires. I posted something on my Instagram actually this week about energy vampire season, (laughs) vampire season. And that, you know, it's giving me odds that I just thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you've had people probably in your life maybe even people close to you that you felt this from and 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 how you deal with that like how you know and sometimes it's people that are very close to you and you don't realize it and then you just feel drained afterwards you don't feel uplifted so how um how do you deal with that especially being someone like you where you have so many people coming through the doors there at di and you're on multiple sets um and you know just doing all the traveling that you're doing how do you protect yourself from that energy like kind of seeping in do you have any um well I'm really private despite what you might think on social media because my husband posts everything (laughs) well Um, it's great that you're opposites in that way because he's your best cheerleader thank god right because he's a a wonderful person yes he is my cheerleader he's my supporter he's my PR person he's my marketing person he's Yes, he, he's my coach. Um, so yeah, that is great. But um, uh, I don't, you know, I'm not one, I don't rush out and make a lot of friends. I do, you know, I keep myself, you know, I keep a small circle. Um, and I can tell I'm pretty good, I'm a pretty good judge of character. And I think part of that is, uh, I learned part of that from waiting on tables for 10,001 years. Um, not to say that I judge people instantly, but you get a feeling, you know, you get the, a sense of their energy. And if it's something negative or something that is, I feel like someone's going to be taking, I back off. I back off. I don't, um, you know, I don't pursue a relationship w- with that person. Um, Jason, and I like to say you should surround yourself with, with um, fountains, not drains. Oh, I love that. That's the first time I've heard that. Mm-hmm. Something that fills you up, you know, that mm-hmm. fills you with it because it's so important in this lifetime, especially as storytellers, I feel, and I've mentioned this before on the podcast, we're empaths. 
we feel more than most people feel. I feel like it's ingrained in us to be empaths, whether we know it or not. Some people are coming into it. Some people um, have known it for a long time that they're empaths and they are very protective of that energy because it will be something that could be detrimental to them later down the line health-wise because we take on a lot of the energy that surrounds us so that if we're not able to protect ourselves, and I do have a wonderful meditation that I'm going to give to you guys, to the listeners soon, um, which is a wonderful um, bubble meditation that will protect you in a protective bubble so that you can go onto set or you can go into that um, wonderful audition, but you don't have to feel like anything's permeating you and you're not taking on what's already there because there's just so many different energies there, both in waiting rooms, if we ever get back to that, um, but also just being on set. You know, it's hard. There's Absolutely. a lot of people that have been there for five hours before. Sometimes you've even come on set and just to, to not, you know, let that affect you. So um, what that's, do you, that's huge. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you do though, in your downtime to kind of fill that well up on your own when you, I know it's very energizing to be on set and when you come off of it, it can be either energizing or draining, but what do you do in the valleys? Like for example, I drink. I drink a lot. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of water. I drink a lot of water too. I think water is really important. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, no. I mean, it's, it is an antioxidant. It it has its place. Uh, I know you don't drink a lot, but um, what do you do? What do you, how do you get, do you get out in nature? What are, do you meditate? Do you do yoga? What do you do? I, I, I love being at home. Um, I love, I, I read, I, ha- I listen to books and I read books. I like, I walk, I do a 45 minute walk around the neighborhood and I, I listen to books. Um, I really love being at home. I have a, a, like I said, a small group of friends and a lot of them are, are neighbors and we get together, you know, one of our homes on the street and it's really sort of chill. I'm not a big hiker. Um, when I go to, uh, LA and friend will say let's go let's get together and go for a hike I'm like no let's go have coffee let's go have a glass of wine I don't I'm not into hiking I have hiked on my own out there um and it's great but I it's great but it's very solo and on a couple of my hikes I don't see anyone and it kind of scares me yeah, because you, as a female, absolutely, I look around and go, if anything happened to me, no one would hear me. I'm up in the Hollywood Hills. No one would hear me. That's where my mind goes, sadly. Well, no, it's good to protect you because uh, your mind is working in a, a special way to protect you. Like you didn't yeah. feel the energy of it, then don't do it. I love that your friends that I see um, when you post pictures, uh, they usually are not in the entertainment industry. You've surrounded yourself with very diverse you know, groups of friends. And that's very balancing too. talk about that because the energy is different. Like conversations are different. And I feel like it's so important for the listener and for everyone to know that just to have that diversity in your life of different friend sets so that it's not all 
like, not to say that people are in the industry are narcissistic, but it is kind of a, a me, me, me um, conversation based, whereas in their self-worth is determined by what they've just worked on or what they're about to work on, not versus, wow, this is an amazing life I have. I'm resplendent in it. And I get to be at home with my dogs. You know what I mean? Like, tell me a little bit about how that energy shifts between the two uh- people. That is that is a good point. Um, they're so excited about what what I do and what Jason does. It's thrilling. It's it. They're they're tickled about it. And to us, thankful, very thankful. It's our jobs, you know. And they they love hearing about it. It's like no, you know, it's not that big a deal. And that's not to say I don't have actor friends. I mean, Scott and Claire are very good friends, and we they you know we hang out on our porch from time to time and have a little glass of wine. I'm not a big drinker. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, and we talk industry in a different way on a different level, but yeah, I mean, um, it's what, you know, my friend Tina is a graphic artist. Lisa is a, um, uh, a lawyer, a friend who's an architect of a flight attendant. It is, it is good to have people, you know, non-industry people, because it's also not, um, it, there's no one up you know, there's no, well, yeah, I auditioned for that too. I wonder why I didn't get a call back, that sort of thing. And that is inherent in what we do, sort of an, an envy, not that you aren't happy for that other person, but there is a, what about me? What did I do wrong? Why don't they like me? And that is a little narcissistic. And I do have to pull back oftentimes it's like, oh my God, enough. I'm not talking about anyone in particular, please don't think I am. Um, Cause I do have a, you know, a good many actor friends but it is good to have both so you can balance your life out with both. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I feel like, and I, I'm the same way when I'm around my clients, uh, because as you know, I also do energy work and massage work to help balance out um, my life. And I feel like it's so important for me to do that energetically. And they're just so, uh, they are your biggest cheerleaders. They're yeah. amazingly supportive. They want to know, oh, did you get that thing you auditioned? Like, which one? <laughs> I don't, right. I, it's the right. job. Because you would right. never ask that of an insurance agent. Did you get that um <laughs> that came in the other day for your interview like you would never ask that ever like ever but for some reason it's like this amazing thing the show business but it's just it's a business and people forget that part they forget that this is work this is just a business and that we need to well round ourselves and doing other things so that we can be the full person we want to be in life and in return that energy shows because when you're a full person things will gravitate your way. Opportunities will come your way. Casting directors will be like, wow, that person is just a joyful, grateful person to be around. They don't need to be here, but they're happy to be here. They don't need this job, but they certainly are capable of this job in it. And you feel that you get invited back to places. For example, you've been on not one, but two lifetime movies as a lead. And, and that's just a, a, a wonderful thing to be invited back to a network. Those network execs were like, yep, she's what we need for this. <laughs> and, and, and I love that you're like, 
a lot of times this bad person, cause you're one of the nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> but I feel like that, that those people are de- definitely the best bad people. And I feel that way about my husband too. He was a great yeah. villain when he did, did shows, but I, how does it feel to get into that energy of being the, um, the, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, the, the badass woman on the set. How does, how do you get into that? And, and then how do you let it go too? It's, it's fun. I would have never thought that, um, that I would be cast as something like agent Connie Frazier and stranger things. You know, I'm usually the one that puts on the pearls, you know, the pearl necklace, the, the whole, the whole thing. I feel but like I Connie was, Frazier could have still worn pearls and been badass though. Like she, she could have, yeah, she, she, she had that, that, that essence about her, but yeah. Tell me about that. I mean, stranger things, do you didn't know what it was at the time? No one knew oh God, what no, it was no. going to be. You just go in and you do your job and you realize, oh my gosh, I'm part of an absolute phenomenon. That's globally recognized as one of the best shows ever. Um, yes, it was just another job. I had, I sort of had to jump through hoops to to get it, I had the audition. I had a few callbacks. I met Carmen Carmen Cuba, um, and Chase was like giving me one of these, like, you know, not saying anything. But I'm like, stop looking at me like that. Don't, uh, uh-uh, uh, I'm not, because you you know how it is. If in the room they say, "Wow, you're exactly what we're looking for," you'll never hear from them again. Right, and and she's talking about Chase Paris, who is an amazingly supportive uh, casting director, him and Tara Feldstein and uh, a casting company here that does literally all of your favorite TV shows that you're watching right now. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, so yes, he was, he was very supportive in the room. And so I had to go through several auditions and then I had to uh, write a pitch bio, which I, I had never done before. Okay. Thankfully, so tell us what, for the listener that does not know what the pitch bio is, tell us what is this? Well, thankfully, Jason, who is a great writer and, uh, you know, my PR person, he wrote it for me. And he wrote um, basically all of the famous people I had worked with. You know, it was an elongated bio. She worked, you know, toe-to-toe with so-and-so, toe-to-toe with with all the famous people that I had worked with. Um, Because no one said, here's what a pitch bio is, do it. We just kind of made it up for ourselves. Um, And then he, I think, and then on a one made sort of like a one pager and put pictures in. Like I have a picture of me with Schwarzenegger. I have a picture of me with De Niro, picture of me with Zac Efron. You know, this sounds like a really good actionable step that any actor could do today. And they should have it on hand just in case that next audition. I love this. I love actionable steps. This is wonderful. This is like gold. Thank you so much. So yeah, you're, we call it our our one sheets. One sheets. And we have, it is, it's on our desktop. And um, it's always there at the ready. And it's real simple. And we send it to uh, uh, my manager and he said, this is brilliant. Thank you. I can just forward this to people, you know, along with your reel. Um, But yeah, so I did the job. Um, I was hired for two episodes and then they wrote me into three more. I love that. Well, that must have been because you're the joy person. You are like, you're just a joy to be around. I don't don't know. Well, I don't know. I mean, it was, you know, I didn't get much from the Duffer brothers. They're pretty quiet. They're kind of taciturn. And I figured they're not saying anything to me. I'm going to keep going. But you showed up and you did your job. Yeah. Um, And it wasn't until, you know, the, the, like the week before it was July when it, when it dropped, I was reading, you know, following social media and Stephen King t- uh, tweeted, um, Netflix's uh, server is about to go down. 
because of because of the show. He knew. I went, wait a minute, Stephen King is tweeting about Stranger Things. You know, it's like, look out, Netflix's server is about to go down. So I thought, okay. And then after it dropped, the next day, I was seeing Connie Fraser for President t-shirts on the internet. That must have been very surreal. It was totally surreal. But I got one. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course you did. I mean, why not? And so like, how does that, obviously that's a boost, right? Like that's that boost of energy, that adrenaline that we, we love and we, we clamor for as actors. But then after that, was there a dip or did it just keep on going from there? Well, you know, and this is sort of the fallacy or, or misconception of what we do. People think, wow, then you're made, you're done. Scripts are being sent to you and you're loaded. That was a scale plus 10 job. Uh, uh, residuals weren't that great for Netflix. Um, it was, yeah, I mean, if you Google my net worth on the internet. Oh, I Googled my net worth and I'm like, oh, wow, I wish. $16.9 million, $4.2 million. The, uh, someone told me the other day, uh, I was like 1.2. I thought, you know, I'm losing money. I don't know where it's going, but it's just- <laughs> You're not investing it wisely, apparently. <laughs> right. It is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, that's where people go. Wow, you must be rich now, which I'm still living in my three bedroom, one bathroom house. So, okay. Um, it was an energy shift for sure, but it wasn't- I didn't catapult up. It was different, absolutely. I had Stranger Things at the top of my resume. My reel started with Stranger Things. And it was, oh, her. So yeah, that is awesome. That's fantastic. And I'm so grateful. Grateful is the word that I use. I mean, when I get up and have my coffee in the morning, I can sit out on my little screen in porch. I'm like, I'm so grateful. I can I can be here and do this. I'm, I'm very appreciative of, of I what- I love that. I have and what I'm doing. See, that's so important. And I think it's it's one of the things that we miss when we're in the valleys of our career is just the gratitude. One of the things we do with oh. our family actually is every single night since they were able to speak, we do a prayer. Um, but before the prayer, we each go through one grateful thing that um, all the grateful things that happened us to us, us that day. And we go through one affirmation statement that is a positive statement in an I am form about ourselves. It. And I, I think it. that is so important for kids, but not only just kids, it should be adults. It should be everyone like that. I am a creator. I am an artist. I am an actor. Just putting it out there, putting that energy I, out there. I make for our, our uh, class, the breakdown at drama Inc. I teach with Dustin Lewis. I have a meditation. We, it's, we have guided meditations and I, made my own and it is all I am affirmations because we have to put that out there. We have to tell ourselves good and positive things about ourselves. Otherwise we just, we drown in, in negativity. Um, and it's hard to find that when you're in a valley. And I've been, I waited on tables for so many, many years. I went, let's see, 2009, not counting 2020. I think I booked one thing in 2019 you know, so it is, it is peaks and valleys and it always will be unless you get to a Meryl Streep status. 
Right. Well, that's why we're called journeymen. You know, we're journeymen storytellers. Sure. We're at this, sure. at, at the craft of it. We're always trying to get better. Yep. You know, you're always trying to surround yourself with the the best possible classes and people and, and um, just good feelings that you can, because as empaths, as storytellers, we tend to feel, and if we're not getting the feedback, which we rarely do, I mean, we're lucky if we get feedback from, um, from our agents or, or anyone that we're sending, you know, the casting director, it's very rare that you get feedback these days, but just to kind of know that even without that feedback, you are valid. You are a storyteller. You're meant to be here. This is your highest soul's path. This is why God put you here, Catherine, is because you are (laughs) meant to share your energy and your experience with people and just feel that, you know, to your core and know it in your soul is just an important thing. It is. I hope everybody is really listening to what you just said, because yeah, it is, it is so important for every human being, no matter what industry you're in. And how beautiful of an industry that we're in, that we're able to mirror society and let people not feel alone in this world. We do things that my mentor, the late Sam Christensen, and I get really emotional when I talk. Yeah, I know. So do we. He's so amazing. But he said something so amazing that we have the most noble profession on earth to be able to Mm -hmm. mirror society and let people not feel alone in this world. How mm-hmm. amazing that is. Doctors can't mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm tearing up now, but That's, I, just, I think and it, I, I think of, of, I did in New York, I did, uh, we did a production of uh, A Clockwork Orange and we did it on a very small stage that was sort of semi-round and all of the actors were on stage throughout the entire show. We sat in the back, you know, up, we were upstage seated until, you know, we had, we're doing our part. And I remember sitting there and A Clockwork Orange is, you know, is a terribly violent show, book. Pretty intense, movie, yeah. Very intense. And I, I would watch the audience. I'd watch the audience and they were horrified. And I was thrilled. Like, oh my God, look what we're doing. Look how we're affecting these people. Mind you, it was with violence, but it, they, they were going to leave that theater talking about it and um, discussing and they were they'd be moved in one way or, or another everyone was affected and that 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 we can do that is very exciting that's thrilling that's the beauty of theater oftentimes you can see it live absolutely like the catharsis of being in a live production and feeling the energy go back and forth is something I so desire again I used to do theater and I haven't done it in a very long time actually since my kids were uh, born I haven't gotten to and I think in the beginning of the pandemic pandemic I actually told my husband I'm gonna go audition for theater again and then the pandemic hit but I was it's okay though because you know it wasn't my time right so yeah, everyone has course. time yeah. for everything. I feel like everyone has that time. And when it's yours, it's going to be yours. When that role is yours, it mm-hmm. is going to be yours. It's mm-hmm. meant for you. Um, do you feel I that? Friend, I had a friend. Uh, yes, I absolutely, I absolutely feel that. Um, it was with Connie Frazier, a friend of mine auditioned for it as well. And after, you know, the first episode, um, she said to me, she said, this, this was yours. I was like, that was a really high compliment. And that's a very really good friend compliment. too. A very good friend yeah, to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it probably wasn't easy 
for her to say that. Um, but yes, if you know what, if you and I audition for the same role and I don't get it, then it wasn't mine. It was yours. So, you know, so be it. I don't know if, if that's part age or part, I went through some health stuff last year, as, as you might remember, and my attitude kind of changed. Really, it was as, you know, it was like, okay, if I don't get it, I don't get it. Let me go to the next one. Absolutely. I really have this kind of don't care attitude. I care about what I do. I care about the work I do. I care about the industry. But if this one isn't for me, then I'm going to go on to the next one. I'm not going to get into that space of, oh my God, I haven't had an audition in three weeks. Oh my God, I haven't booked in six months. Oh my God. I refuse to get there. And I have, I have, those have been realities, you know, that I Absolutely. don't for a few months. I don't work for, you know, like I said, 2019, one job, one, one day co-star. I was like, I'll take it. I need to work. I'll take it. Uh, but I, I just can't get into that negative space. It's not, it's not healthy. Not healthy at all. And um, it's so gr- it's, it's a blessing. It's not great. What happened to you? Absolutely not. I, and, but it was a huge blessing, I think in the long run to show just the fragility of life and what was important to you. Not that you didn't already know it. You were so grateful of a person anyway, but just to show like your support system around you, like oh my how grateful they were, you know, to be in. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, apparently, uh, I guess I almost died twice. So yeah. <laughs> so there, so there you are. Um, but it's funny. I joke that I didn't, I, it wasn't like I saw the light. It wasn't like these two things happened and I now I know my purpose on the earth, but none of that happened to me. Really? So you had no like um, near death experience. Cause that was the other thing I was going to ask you. No. Oh, no. I'm so curious <laughs> about near death experiences and how that affects our psyche going forward, you know, especially as storytellers, because, you know, seeing something that might be on the other side, if there is yeah. another side is fascinating to me. Um, it's always been a fascination of mine. I actually have a, a, I don't tell many people this, but I actually have a sleeping disorder and my sleeping disorder has been since I was 15 until today. I usually have night tears about four times a week. And I usually think that someone is trying to kill me. So it's a very near death feeling every time. And poor Scott, I mean, he's been amazing to stay with me for almost 26 years coming in February. Um, And I just feel like I don't have a grasp though. I'm never able to fully remember what happened in the dream. I just feel the feeling of the loss of of Mm -hmm, life, mm -hmm. you know? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm such the most positive person, right? Like I I try to be as positive as I can during the day because um, my sleep isn't really that great at night, but I found this new product. Oh my gosh, not, I should be like a spokesperson for them. I did find a new product on Amazon uh, that helps me. It's called night shred and it's amazing. It's, it's literally the last um, three months. I haven't hardly had any night terrors. Scott said, he's like, you need to reorder it. So maybe I need to be their spokesperson. I don't know. But Is, um, Is it a pill? Is it a liquid? Is it- yeah, there are capsules and um, they do have um, some properties in them that help with the relaxation, um, you know, properties like tryptophan and other things, ashwanga in it that helps with relaxation. But again, you know, something like near death, what you went through, I'm always fascinated, you know, how that might've shifted your energy again, you know, like what's the next level for cat? What do you want to do now in the next five years? Uh, I want to keep going. I, I want, I want security. 
I want, um, I want to sign a contract knowing that I'll be working for the next year or two years. That that's what I would like. So I'm trying to manifest that for myself. You know, I uh, I'm going to stop I, you right there. I'm why? trying to manifest that. For I am myself. manifesting that. For exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Sloan, I I was a. Uh, dusting my room a few months ago I don't do that that often um and I found at my bedside I found um I, a notebook that I had um and I I flipped through it because I hadn't seen it in a while I flipped through it and it was um I want to do this and I want to do this and I want to do this from 14 years ago oh I love those I love those okay and I did them yes you did I did them all I write like, oh my God, I've done, oh my God, I've done that. I, I am doing that. I was living what I said I wanted. I was blown away by it. Wow. So I'm going to start writing things down again. I am manifesting these things for myself again. They're here. They're here already for you. I just know it. Thank so you. if you were to talk to then yourself in 20 years, what would you say to yourself in 20 years then? Oh looking, my God. I looking, have no idea. I, it's so funny. This one sticks everyone every time. Um, uh, don't worry about your weight. You look fine. <laughs> you know, and that's a big one. And being a headshot photographer and, you know, I shoot a lot of women and, and the, you know, so oftentimes women are so Oh my God, my this, my that, my this, my that. But I'm like, you look gorgeous. And you're going to look back at these pictures in five, 10 years and see how great you look. And you're going to be mad that you didn't appreciate it. Yes. I feel like we're in our sandbox right now. Like things have gotten so advanced as far as technology. We're just in the prime right now. Even being in my late forties, I am in, I feel like the best place I've ever been in some ways, some ways I'm not, I know I'm definitely heavier because of the pandemic. I'm working on that, but I feel like, like you said, the energy shift of, you know, screw it. Like, this is who I am. This is my voice. It's has a message to be told. It may not be right for everyone, but it's going to be right for something. So just to have right. that confidence, I think would really, really be a um, game changer in these, what we call in this industry, our calling card, just to be able to know that you are fully you right mm -hmm. before you step on to the most hardest thing I think is just taking headshots. It's just an anomaly all of its own. It's a different kind of performance. And so speak to that a little bit about how women can just do that check checklist for themselves mentally before they come in with you so that they are fully present and not worrying about this and this and that. Yes, I have a double chin. Sure. Yes, it does happen now. I have that. I've noticed you, that recently. <laughs> you look great. I don't know. I don't see the weight in your face. You look great. So, um, oh God, it's hard. I try. It's ingrained in so many. In, and see, it is, it is usually women. I'm sorry to say. It's so ingrained that I have a hard time talking them out of it. One woman uh, who I know, I said, don't you have a 17 year old daughter? And she said, yeah. And I said, does she hear you saying these things about Ooh. yourself? Because you're, you're passing this on to this, to this young woman. That is so important. 
and and also you know no one sees the little things that i see no one sees you know what other people see your whole package they don't they don't zone in and go oh my gosh she's got crow's feet wow that's awful wow she smiled in her life (laughs) i mean i would never do anything to my crow's feet i like them because you know it means that i was happy and you know had a joyful life there you go Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So maybe we need to put together a checklist for, you know, you've got your outfit, you've got your mindset, you've got. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. You're you're bringing your full self, like flaws and all, because the flaws, I feel like the flaws are what's so interesting in people. Like that's what we, and you see it more on camera these days. There's more of a chance of seeing, oh, that's a person that I can identify with that looks like a good everyday person. People are starting to actually cast in that way, which I love, I love, I love. Love, I oh, love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, students, I can't tell you how many perfectionists we have in class. And I want to tear my hair out and say, that is boring. You cannot be perfect in this art. I mean, art isn't perfect. You it's can't, messy. I mean, let me, you know, I need to get every single word exactly right for this audition. No, you don't. No, you need you to really be a don't. C student right now. <laughs> Yeah, right. There's something when about the C set. student though. There's something about that C student that like literally we gravitate to because they've got that charisma and spunk that's going to make up for whatever grades they don't have, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, when you're on set, yeah, you better have your words down pat unless the director says, you know what, let's throw the script away and let's say what you want. But to get something perfect is so, oh, it, I hate hearing people say it. And, and also in sound like somebody's grandmother this generation um the anxiety Mm. acute anxiety and I want to say to people why are you why this is not the business to be in because there are so many negative forces you know coming at you that you you need to get your you need to have a tough skin you need to move forward you need to find your confidence so well, you, you can, can always forward. bring them over to undetoured and let them listen. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to have well, so much content to help with that anxiety and, and those things. And mostly like a lot of guided meditation work, but just um, letting them know that they are enough. Well, you, you are enough. You are enough. I am enough. And I, I, I can't stress that enough with students and myself. Uh, will you post about this on the Drama Inc. alumni page? Yeah, yeah, on, absolutely. On I will. Please do. Please, please, yeah. please do. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, um, obviously, we talked about the shifts and that have happened. As um, obviously, we have talked about Is that your husband. Sh- no, no, Is that your I don't lose her husband. <laughs> no, I think it was just my 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 computer going off. But um, obviously, we've talked about the shifts that happen as women throughout our lives. And then each season of our life, it changes and we get a little bit more comfortable with who we are and, Mm -hmm. you know, that we are enough. And how does that dynamic or energy um, change relationship wise? Like for you guys, uh, you and your husband are extremely both so um, dedicated to both helping your students, but also your craft that it takes you away a lot from Mm -hmm. each other. And how throughout the years have you been able to shift? Like how, how have you not had any dips there? Like, how does that work so that there, you know, and, and jealousy and all that, you know, that can come into play when there's two people, um, you know, both on the same, 
course, you know, but sometimes someone will be a little bit further than the other or whatever. How explain that? Sloan, that has never happened. I love it. The jealousy never ever happened. I, I promise you that's never happened. Um a and win you've met Jason, your soulmate. <laughs> a win for Jason is a win for me. Right. Because you know all what? ships rise. It's, all ships rise. Like yes, when, yeah. absolutely. I'm as happy for him. If I haven't booked something in four months, whatever, I'm thrilled that he's booking things. Uh, honestly, I that's um, that's never been an issue. Being away from each other, we also have been married for many, many years. Being away from each other is fine. It's okay. Uh, being married for so many, many years, we've had our dips. Believe me, we have. I'm sure you have too. I mean, no marriage is without yeah shit right 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 because I mean you can't like dedicate yourself to a lifetime with someone without having those dips I mean that's just life is that way you're gonna have ups and downs that's yeah that's absolutely yeah. I love it that you're um how do, how did I feel that um that I was watching my husband make out with Heather Locklear uh the other night on the Lifetime movie uh-huh <laughs> it was very funny yeah. And, and she seems to be from all um, intents purposes, just a wonderfully giving scene partner and a wonderfully giving human being as well, which have, she's gone through some peaks and valleys yeah. in her career. So how wonderful yeah. is this, that she's able to experience this new shift with your best friend? That's so cool. You know, and they, um, they became, they've become friends. So they chat and they text and she is lovely she's funny she's irreverent she's grateful um oh, i have and, to get and, her on the show then <laughs> oh gosh right um well i'll talk to jason um <laughs> she you know she's on her her new path and and she's you know appreciative of where she is now um yeah that i mean it's the the, the movie the lifetime movie don't sweat the small stuff was you know it, and it did really well and she did a lovely job. Jason was great. I loved his work in it. I can't wait to see it. This has been so amazing, Kat, to just connect with you and to see kind of where you came from and where you're headed. So tell me just a little bit, if you're allowed to, about what's happening in 2022 with the terminal list and, and being able to work opposite Chris Pratt. Can we talk Chris Pratt? <laughs> Is he just just your best friend that you just want to hug like a teddy bear? I, I think that he oh would be. God. Like I think he, of him still as like the you know days when he was back in um, Parks and Rec. Like that's who, Rec. I think he's never going to grow out of that. I would hope that that's the way he is. Well, I I I didn't watch Parks and Rec, and um, when I saw my brother showed me my brother lives in LA, so we spent a lot of time out there when I was shooting. Um, my brother showed me pictures, and I said that that's not the guy I was working with. He went, yeah, that's Chris Pratt. He is, he's huge. He's huge. Buff, buff. Uh, Freaking gorgeous. Let me just say that. Super nice. Uh, very inclusive. Um, you know, oftentimes when you're on set, the leads will talk to each other. Even if you're standing right here, they'll just talk to each other, right? They don't really include you because you're not one of the big, the big guns. Uh, but he did, and he was lovely. And um, the role is, it's too, it, it, I play his mother-in-law and it's a very emotional role. 
and so I had it was at a funeral and I had to cry a lot and I had to cry a lot and I had to cry a lot so I would in between takes he's I'm sitting with him he's sitting next to me at at the burial and he's like rubbing my back he's patting me on the back and like are you kidding me that is really so kind um and he had I I love to use music when I work to get me into a a zone whatever zone I need to be in and he had music permeating at at the cemetery and it, I was so thankful for it it was really great and he kept the set quiet because he wanted everyone to remain you know quiet calm reverent about what was about what we're about to do uh so he was great he was terrific I don't know I don't have a dates I don't have dates at all but the terminal list um uh uh Alexis Louder is in it, who's from Atlanta. Uh, Tyner Rushing is in it, who's from Atlanta. They've got some pretty good roles in it. So that was very, very exciting uh, to be on set with some with some pals. Yeah, it's always wonderful when we see Atlanta actors getting the well-due that they deserve to be on screen um, with, with uh, some A-listers because it's so much talent here in Georgia. I've always said we so have much. the best talent here in Georgia. Um, so I love that. That's have so you wonderful. seen Have you seen Cop Shop? Anyone no, but Alexis Lauder was in that as well, right? Not just in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, she's no, no, no. she's she one of the it. leads. Yeah, yeah. She's it. It's like the Alexis Lauder show. So if you if and you people haven't seen Cop Shop, the the I'm sorry, I keep hitting my computer. I'm on like ten books here. You're totally um, fine. Uh, Alexis Lauder is uh, Atlanta, an Atlanta-based actress, and she's still in class with Drama Inc. Oh, wonderful. I haven't had the privilege to meet her yet, but I'm hoping eventually I'll get her on the show as well. I'd love to It'd be a great one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is wonderful. Oh, I'm so excited for you and what's happening in your life. And I just, I love seeing you in just, you know, every, I don't get to see you in oft, often in I know. person as much, but yeah. um, you are so dear to me and Jason is too. And I'm just so grateful you. that you were able to share with us um, just kind of what you went through, you know, to kind of shift that mindset because it's so important for other women, especially to see that they are enough, that they have exactly what they need inside of them and they don't have to be perfect uh, to be um, what is needed in this industry. And uh, here's to older girl power. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. I, um, I think that um, finally we're getting to see more representation in that arena. I hope that there is more in the way of, um, you know, more significant roles <laughs> for women mm -hmm. in the, the gap of, you know, the 40s to 50s. I think there's wonderful for 60s and 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 then of course on the lower end as well. But I, I'm I'm hopeful that storytelling is going to show that there is more past having children. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I think it will. I think it will. Yeah. Yeah. And um, if there's just one thing you can impart as um, one last piece of advice for anyone listening, what would it be? In terms of actors or? Yeah. As far as storytellers in general, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be for actors, but. Be true. Be truthful. Trust yourself. Trust your instincts. Trust yeah. your instincts. 
Excellent. And I'm, tell I'm, us, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an instinctual actor. Yes. Yeah. Tell us how we can find you because you are a teacher. We want to be able to let people know that they can actually connect with you directly and learn from you. So tell us how we can find you both on social media as well as Drama Inc. Uh, DramaInc.net is our um, website for the studio, studio that we have here in Atlanta. Um, I'm on Instagram. I don't really do Twitter that much. I'm on Instagram at, um, I think it's the real cat buyer. I think, um, Facebook, I don't really do that much anymore. Uh, if I post something, it's about a lost dog or cat, or it's about drama ink. I don't really go down the wormhole and it's, you know, freed up my life. I took, took Facebook off my phone. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's too much. I think that's one of the most important things you can impart. Take Facebook off your phone. I did that last year for a little bit and I was so freed up in the first part of the year to create that I was able to write um, uh, iteration of a screenplay. <laughs> it was so yeah. wonderful. And um, Scott's has it off his phone permanently. I put it back on um, and yeah, I regret it. Yeah, no, I don't, I, 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 mine's off permanently as well. I, I find Instagram fun. And I'll make little videos for myself and, and I shoot, uh, you know, take pictures and post them on Instagram. So, so that's, that's more fun, you know, and I don't, I don't post a lot about, I post some about my work, but not a lot. Right. Right. I've been, I've been square dancing with Benicio Del Toro for the last month. Have you really? Oh, wow. Whose life is this? What, what, what is this? What? You've been square dancing with Benicio Del Toro for the last month. Uh, Reptile for Netflix. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. That sounds fascinating, that show. Hilarious, hilarious. Oh, yes. Yeah, the show's going to be, or the the film. Film, yeah. Um, Yeah. I call film shows also (laughs) sometimes. Uh, Yes, I think. I hope it's going to be good. We'll see. But yes, I just had to throw that in there because it's so bizarre. It is surreal. Yeah, completely. You know, I show surreal. up and I'm like looking at Benicio del Toro, do si do, and round you go. I'm like, okay, all right. Let me let me just roll with it because I belong. Yeah, you do. You completely do. <laughs> yep. We all I do. Love. We all belong. Exactly. We all belong. We need that on a shirt, a t-shirt. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Kat. This has been amazing. I just love connecting with you. Thanks for tuning in to Undetoured, Navigating the Artist's Journey. If you enjoyed this episode, please do me a favor and subscribe and leave a five-star review. And please check out our other episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And in return, my gift to you is a short, invigorating meditation to get your day started. You can find its link, along with other links to Undetoured, in this episode's description. This episode was produced and edited by Jeffrey Bentley and hosted by Sloan Warren.